And we're back for some more organizational leadership training and coaching. Thought maybe what we could do is actually pull apart those six key areas that I mentioned in the first podcast, you know, what's organizational leadership coaching all about. So as a reminder, this is actually uh, what has become a specialty. It's almost like the signature product uh, for coaching. And it's, a, it's basically a let's get your shit all the way together <laughs> sort of program here. And we coach on six key areas of your life, the priority of which is actually determined by you. All of the coaching that we do is actually customized to suit your goals and your priorities. So that's to tell you there is no structured like this is eight weeks or this is 12 weeks or this is one time only. This is determined by you. Again, most of the people who come towards this sort of coaching are very well aware of their strengths and their weaknesses and where they require assistance. Um, most of these individuals actually also are very high achievers, high-level producers in their respective areas, whether this is on the personal front, uh, which includes moms who are stay-at-home moms or single moms, or professional front. We're talking anybody who is a decision-maker, team leader, C-level executive, um, people in sales, this also applies as well. Anybody who has to, you know, get everything together, make it organized, and then turn around and lead a group of people. Um, so enough about that. We're six key areas of your life that we coach you on in these sessions, and they four of them are relationships. So the relationships are relationship with yourself, relationship with others, relationship with money and relationship with God or spirit or whomever you deem that, that person or whatever to be. Health and fitness is another area, and then your purpose contribution is the last area. So today we're actually going to focus on probably the, one of the most simple ones to comprehend and apply and give you a little bit of breakdown, you know, kind of like behind the scenes. So again, with this coaching product, you're gonna, or this coaching podcast, rather, goodness gracious, podcast, you're going to be able to take some important points away. But the purpose of this is seriously to give you a little bit more further explanation and understanding how do you actually apply this level, this type of coaching to your own life, your own situation, your organization, the team that you lead, or however this needs to be transposed uh, to assist you to go to the next level. All right, so health and fitness. Obviously, obviously, your health is the vehicle for your life. And I'm sure that we can all agree that now is one of those times where you cannot afford to neglect your health. There is so much that is competing for your time and attention. Baseline, from the second you open up your eyes, most people go immediately to their phone they start checking emails, sending out emails, texting people, responding to texts, scrolling social media, that that actually acts like a huge, like, if there could be like a neon flashing sign, like, wah, 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 that's pretty much what that does to your body, that immediacy of that screen time like that. Um, then you go out, maybe, you know, getting the kids off to school, if that applies, or you're rushing out the door, fighting traffic in order to get to your job, and you get to work, you want to have a cup of coffee, and then there's all them freaking people. <laughs> and if it wasn't for the people, this job actually wouldn't be so bad. You're there. I get it. I've been there. I understand it. 
not going to be able to do a whole lot about the people from this point. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about that at a future time. What we need to do is actually keep your health rocking so that despite the people, despite the interferences, despite the fact that your schedule is actually overbooked and that after work you actually come home and maybe do more work, maybe you're working flip-flop alternating day-night rotating schedule, maybe you're working 24-hour shifts, maybe you also are in school and so you're not working 24-hour shifts but you stay awake for longer than 24 hours because you're working on papers or working on your advanced degrees or however this pay out for you or maybe you have three jobs because you need to increase your income you know for whatever reason all right so I get it so how do we apply this to your life okay the one thing is this none of this is going to be applicable if you refuse to listen to some of the upfront coaching and the upfront strategies that have to be in place in order for you to have success. So from the get, you've got to position yourself for success, and that includes number one, remaining teachable and coachable. Teachable is you learning something new. Coachable is here you already know how to do something. Let's see if we can't tweak it so that you can actually do it better. Okay, a difference between the two. In order to be coachable, you have to be teachable. In order to be teachable, you have to be coachable. So they're independent, but they're actually kind of intertwined. So we usually talk about them together. Okay, the next thing is you have to be willing to make the changes. Okay, everybody gets pissed off if, you know, they take whatever program and they're not getting their results. Again, I do this as a weeding out process. The individuals who, honest to God, commit to coach with me, this is a non-issue. Um, if there's anybody who's sitting on the fence in terms of their commitment, usually I weed them out in the consultation right away because I refuse to, to spend my time and energy trying to pull people up the mountain. All right, the individual, the caliber of individual who coaches with us is there, is open, is teachable, is coachable, is ready, and very action-oriented. All right, if that's you, that's exactly the type of people that we like to work with, okay? So I understand that you're coming to us because, you know, there's a problem, Houston, <laughs> but we're here to help you move. What we can't do is drag your cement shoes through the mud. Okay, the next thing after that, and this is where it starts to get real, is that how do we actually do this when you are minute to minute jammed up with your time? And this is a strategy which is going to be called, and this ties into your health and fitness as well, it's a strategy, or it's a methodology, it's called creating margin. Okay, creating margin in your day. Sometimes before you're able to have enough room in your day, if you're not used to, to doing this, usually my entrepreneurs are really good at this, athletes are really good at this, salespeople, C-level execs, they're really decision makers, they're used to be able, they're used to being able to uh, somewhat having command over their schedule or prioritizing something that they know is going to seriously impact them or their organization for the better. But I'm speaking to the people who may be newer to the coaching space that I get the fact that it can be frustrating that you are so busy, but that's exactly the time when coaching becomes essential because once you get back to back so busy like that, the tendency is actually for you to fall into what we call survival mode where you are literally just trying to like 
keep your head above water from the time you open your eyes until when you actually crash to sleep at night. And that's when you usually fall behind on responsibilities, you fall behind on organization, and you never are able to make strides ahead to start strategically planning the next day, the next week, you know, the next quarter, the next year, five years, or wherever. So there's the difference in how some individuals make strides ahead. It's how they choose to run their day, but then also how they choose to organize the day. So it's actually you running the 24, not you hanging on to a string and being pulled along by those 24 hours. Okay, but there's this thing, it's called creating margin. So if this is something that's new for you, this is what I recommend. Just like you're on this podcast right now for however long this one is going to be, This time, if we are in action, this is the same exact sort of thing that you would use to create that space in your day. You find something which is valuable and you automatically put it in as a non-negotiable. My coaching that I do um, while podcasting, I put it up on this platform to allow you to have as much mobility as possible so that you don't have to watch something, you don't have to read something. This is essentially me spoon feeding you information that you can use. You can listen to it during your workouts, you can listen to it in the car, you can listen to it as long as you obviously have some sort of a cell phone Wi-Fi signal, and I do that for you on purpose. But when we're actually coaching, we are actually committed towards keeping you in an environment where you're not going to be interrupted or distracted. So there's no driving during this time. You know, there's no kids, there's no dogs, there's no heavy machinery. You're not working, not typing on a computer. It's very dedicated. So for you, what I would recommend if creating margin is new and hold on my high performance, just let's catch everybody up to speed here. If this is new for you, what you can actually do is either start listening to these podcasts at the same time of day every day to create that that spreading out of the time as a dedicated appointment for yourself or pick another time during the day where you will have let's say five minutes or 15 minutes to do something for yourself whether it's stretching whether it's reading whether it's just sitting there with a nice cup of coffee something and you hold that as an appointment for yourself it's a non-negotiable and you've got to start teaching other people how to treat you and how to prioritize your time you will never be able to get people who don't respect their time to respect your time Okay, so as you're coming up to the top, as you're rising up from survival mode into thrival mode, but it's actually leadership, is now you are going to have to retrain people who are in your immediate vicinity to understand how you roll because you teach people how to treat you. And again, this is not meant to be like, oh, I'm the superior and I can't be bothered. What this is, is when you are looking to move ahead, you're moving your organization ahead, you're moving your family ahead, somebody has to be in charge. And when you are over leveraged for time, you allow interruptions. And obviously, you know, I mean, if your kid, you know, cracks their head on the table and they're bleeding out, I mean, 
please take care of it. I mean, that goes without saying, but other than that, you've got to learn how to then communicate that these are five minutes for myself or 15 minutes of non-interrupted time and you start to train that habit. When do you start to train it? Not when you need it. You start training it now. So now the kids are getting ready to go back to school. Some of them are going back next week. I think if you live out west, a lot of them have started this week. You know, kids, you know, towards the city of Chicago, they don't start for another couple weeks. So wherever you are in this, the goal is to actually practice the habits practice the disciplines so that people can get into the groove of it so that when it's time to what we call go live, like you can already be up and running. You don't have lag time between when school begins or, you know, when you need this to actually work for you, if that makes sense. Okay. So what are we about here? We're about idea inception and execution of that idea. We want to shorten that time span. So already I've given you a few topics here on how you can apply this to your life. Okay. We're talking health and fitness. We are actually now creating what's called, um, creating margin in your day. Why do we do that? So that we can start to establish those habits of unprotected or protected time, rather uninterrupted time, so that you can remain focused on whatever goals it is that you have to accomplish, whether this is personal finance, you know, of your household, how you have to plan the calendar, you know, you figure this out, whether we're doing meal prep, meal planning, shopping, grocery shopping, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so the goal with these podcasts is obviously inspiration. It's, it's not motivation. Motivation is a responsibility for you, but it's education and then, you know, spawning to action. So I can't say it enough. On this podcast, we do not motivate. We actually, with our goal, whatever we're talking about, our goal is to narrow that window between when you get an idea, that's an, that's idea inception and when you execute on it. Okay. So with creating margin, when do you begin it? You begin it now. (laughs) Congratulations, you've already started. All right, how simple is that? Like, it's literally that simple. That's the one major thing that you're going to notice between individuals who are highly successful and those who never seem to make any progress or keep on backsliding or always complain, you know, they're la, 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 the whole drunken monologue over there is that successful individuals are very decisive very decisive. They have an idea, they commit and they move forward. Now they don't commit on willy nilly things. There's actually a lot more no's which are said than yeses. So this is going to start to shave off some of that peripheral riffraff and some of the time and energy wasting tendencies or activities that you're doing. And that can be a rough go in the beginning if you're a people pleaser, if you're used to saying yes to your kids, if you want to make other people happy all the time and you're used to putting yourself on the back burner. You're going to have to sharpen this up a little bit. Okay, so as we focus on any goal, today we're going to be using health and fitness goals, that's going to be the expectation for you to accomplish your goal, is you have to learn then also how to say no. No, this is my time of creating margin, use your words for your appropriate people, and this is a non-negotiable. No, I'm not going to get you a drink of water. No, I'm not answering emails. No, I'm not making any phone calls. No, I'm not taking any visitors. Okay, it's no is a sentence in and of itself. It doesn't require an explanation. Get used to it. Get comfortable saying it. No, N-O. It's the same in like, I don't know how many different languages. So there really is no misunderstanding. Okay, 
It's literally that simple. Now, I know that this seems harsh and this seems like kind of like ruffling the feathers. Oh my gosh, I hope, I wish I could kind of say that. You're just not used to it. Okay, just because you say no doesn't mean that you hate that person or stop loving that person for my heartfelt people over here. No is actually integral to the maintenance of your household for moving it forward, for building that household from the inside out. You know, if you're getting pressures, and again, my people who are here on the career front, just hold on for a quick second. When you are having pressures from the in-laws or your own parents, think about how this plays out in your marriage, as you're raising your children, that's when you start to have cracks at the foundation of your marriage. And this can be a very slippery slope. And I'm not asking for you to speak up against the in-laws. This is actually where you spouses need to come together and start communicating. And before this even happens, how are you going to handle the in-laws in this particular situation? What's going to be the expectation at the holidays? It's written, all right, here's the other area which we coach on. It's part of what's written in the Bible. You know, what does God say about this? God says that you're supposed to leave and cleave. That means the two of you become one and everybody else is secondary to you. If you can picture just for a moment a triangle, okay, God is at the top and you have the husband and wife on the sides as the side legs, all right? So it's not an obtuse triangle, it's one of equal sides, okay? Get the picture, perfect. The closer, all right, so you've got man on one side, woman on the other side, God at the top. The closer that men and women are to God at the top, the closer they are. The farther away they are from God, the farther away they are from one another. Which means if you put children above you guys are farther apart. If you put the in-laws above, you're farther apart. And that's where those early cracks in the relationship start to come about. I know I'm hitting on a sore nerve. For some reason, I felt that somebody needed this message. Okay, so maybe it's you, all right? I call attention to the elephant in the room. When you start to communicate these sorts of things, you're not supposed to come in with the iron fist, although sometimes you may have to, and say the word no. Okay? You're going to have to learn how to communicate with your parents, especially if historically or culturally you've got a hovering mothercraft, okay, or a dad that just doesn't know his place. Okay, that's your household. You've got to establish, you know, what you guys are there for together, what do you plan to do as a family, and then you can, you know, bring in the in-laws or whomever, but it's supposed to be the three of you, God, the, the wife, and the husband, Okay, as it sits, your partners. Okay, now on the other side, talking about this whole idea of creating margin in your day. So we're right now, we're remaining focused on health and fitness. Okay, over here for my people who are high level producers, I know that you are here and thank you for being here because you are obviously acutely aware of your problems. Today, we're talking health and fitness specifically for you because I know past experiences myself, but more so from what I've seen with working with individuals who operate in high stress, high performance areas, whether this comes from the sales arena, this is from entrepreneurship, this even happens with creatives who are just like creating like mad, right? And they just like go off on these tangents. These are high level athletes. These are entrepreneurs. 
These are people who are producing all the time. Um, anybody who is like majorly focused on their professional career. Typically what happens is you can become so engulfed in your project, in whatever it is that you're doing. Sometimes, uh, this has never happened to me before because I think I operate around food, but sometimes I know that you forget to eat. Or maybe you work in an environment, you could be like one of my good friends, he's a cardiovascular surgeon. And we used to not go at it, but have some, you know, funny discussions about, first of all, the irony of the fact that when he would scrub for surgery, and sometimes those cases, depending on if it was a, you know, how many bypasses he had to do, or if it was a heart or lung transplant, I mean, the dude could be in there for hours on end especially if there was complications, but I swear to God, he'd be up for like 48 hours. And in that whole entire time, he would have two Diet Cokes and then something from the vending machine, like those cheese crackers or something like that. Like that would literally be it. And I would say, Dr. Health, how can you look at your patients (laughs) in the eye and tell them to live a healthy life? Look at you. And he'd be like, well, Nicole, it's not like I can just, you know, leave, leave the surgical table and go have, you know, chicken and broccoli. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. I get what you're saying, but at least maybe we could try to work on something a little bit, you know, healthier. <laughs> we never really made any headway, but what I'm saying is that for most people, then you end up burning out. And sometimes I know we see this with my salespeople where it gets to be usually the end of the month. You're working really hard. You're pushing really hard to reach your targets, reach your goals. And you're just, you're on the phone, you're making calls, you're out, you know, knocking on doors, you know, going store to store, you know, walking up to people in the parking lot, whatever you can do (laughs) to hit your numbers. And you just go, 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 go. And then if you use any kind of social media that offers you 24 seven, um, accessibility to your people, the prospect and send out campaigns and you're doing all this stuff and you just are like riding this adrenaline high. And then as soon as the end of the month comes, you crash and burn. And it's almost like you're hung over for three to five days. Does that sound familiar? Or I know sometimes, um, some of my friends who are working on their advanced degrees and they have families and of course they have interpersonal relationships and a whole they're working full time and they have a full plate and they just go 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 and then all of a sudden what was a a little sniffle turns into a major sinus infection which ends them up in the hospital with some you know weird fever and they don't really know what's wrong and you know they can't really function for another two weeks right? How many times does it happen? Or the creatives, like they create, 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 they stay up for hours on end, you know, they're way over the 24 hours of being awake and, you know, then they sleep and then they wake up and they have coffee and then they're off again and they don't even realize what's going on. And then when it comes time to, let's say, put put this in motion, they're looking to sell whatever it was that they create or trying to, if it's a book, like they're trying to organize the book, if they're trying to put together a marketing campaign, like they can't move into execution. And the same thing with the entrepreneurs, like the entrepreneur is like a full contact sport, right? You're working, 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 even when you're not working, you're essentially still kind of working because your brain is always working and you have to be a creative and then you have to actually move into very left-sided brain, logical, linear thought with projections and you're not meeting your sales cap and 
you know, I'm down this month and then there's this bill which came up and then, oh, this guy sucks and now I have to do something, performance improvement plan for my team, my guy. And it's like a never ending, it's a never ending thing. And it's super easy for you to be staying up all hours of the night, right? If you go out on the streets and you're driving around, who do you usually see? You usually see people who are going to the bars, people who are shift workers, and then you see the entrepreneurs running to like White Castle or something in the middle of the night, Taco Bell, because it's the only place that's open and they haven't eaten all day. I get it. I totally get it. But I'm telling you right now is a time when none of us can afford to neglect our health because number one, we're pressed for time. But number two, there's so much what we call external stimulation happening. And this is what you need to know. We all know that we need to eat, right? We all know that we need to exercise. We all know that we need to drink water. Okay, so those are a given. Okay, Um, what I'm going to tell you adds more fuel to this fire of how you feel so burned out. And it's not if you burn out, it's when, like physically, like when you get those symptoms. And it could be a cold, it could be major stomach upset, it could be, you know, a lot of different symptoms, you know, reflecting your burnout, your hair starts falling out, you, you, you can't think straight anymore. You kind of get like a little bit of dizziness. Like there's all sorts of different symptoms. But with this one, what you need to start thinking about is something that I either call chemical load, or this can come about from any sort of anything that stimulates your senses. Okay. What you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you smell, what you taste, um, vibration, temperature changes, All of those things, lights, um, especially artificial light, you know, if you're in a gym, like there's flashing lights all the time. I mean, just think of the places where you go and you visit, like what's the, what's the background noise all the time. If you're at home, you've got the TV on all day. What you don't realize is how much that stuff adds up and it actually, it taxes your nervous system. Your brain is responsible for processing all that, what's essentially sensory information, and it, it acts as a stressor inside of your body. So a lot of people talk about like the word stress, like I, I, I feel so stressed, and they actually have the wrong vocabulary term. Stress is a noun, okay, which is actually a person, place, or thing. And I know, I know, I talked about the mother-in-law. I'm not talking about that right now. (laughs) Maybe she is, I don't know. But stress is a noun. How you feel, how you have equated your feeling to, to when you have additional stress, that's something different, okay? But when you're having these conversations, you've got to get clear on stress is actually a noun. And it's something that causes stress in your body, something called a stress response in your body. So anytime you have to process information, okay, and this could be temperature change, this is what you see, this is lights, this is sounds, this is taste, touch, all of your senses, okay, and then we can get into the emotions and things like that. What you put in your body, like chemical-wise, if you're using a lot of processed foods or you're taking a lot of pre-workout or if you drink a lot of caffeinated beverages or energy drinks, Um, medications, um, over-the-counters, herbal supplements also fall into this. They cause some stress on your body. Um, The medicines that you take for your ADD and ADHD, those actually are, are, most of them, stimulant-based. 
Um, you got to watch out because those things, and then the illicits, of course. So anything that speeds you up, whether we're talking meth, we're talking any sort of amphetamine, we're talking crack, we're talking coke, um, any of the other chemicals, they work as a sort of stress inside of your body. And that causes a lot of different effects, some of which are, it causes a tremendous amount of stress on your heart. So it causes your heart rate to go faster. It causes how strong your heart muscle contracts to be much stronger. It causes your blood pressure to go up because it squeezes all the blood vessels very, very tight inside of your body. It forces more blood into your heart, lung, and brains. And um, it causes these little things which are sitting on top of your kidneys called your adrenal glands to produce more, it's, it's a hormone called cortisone or cortisol rather, it's, it allows you, it kind of buffers stress. So whenever you have, you know, anything that triggers your senses or increases your state of awareness or bogs you down chemically, um, usually you drip out more cortisol. Now the danger is that in your body all actually automatically produces cortisol on a, on a certain cycle, but we actually magnify that by what we do with our day-to-day -day lives, okay? Now here's the downfall. When your adrenals don't have enough support nutritionally, okay, and that means not just counting your calories. Nutrition, and it's, it's, it's everything, Calories is just a measure of the energy in the food. It's, you know, we have to know how to measure portions or whatever, so we assign a number to it. But inside your food, those are the nutrients. Those are the vitamins. Those are the minerals. Um, you know, is it protein? Is it carbohydrate? Is there water in there? There's all these different things. What do they do? Do they act as antioxidants? And every part of your body is reliant on nutrition, it's not just whether or not you have enough calories inside of there. If your food is not nourishing you, it comes at a very hefty expense, although it usually takes a while for your body to, to catch on or react to the fact that you're not nourishing it. Your body will adapt for a period of time until it doesn't. And then one day, everything is just, and then one day, all of a sudden your body doesn't seem to be working well. Like you just feel overly fatigued. Maybe your gut, you know, you haven't, like it seems like it's just distended or you're having irregularities in your bowel movements or you have terrible headaches or you have interruption in your sleep cycle or your moods are out of control, you're having crying spells, you're either angry, like you're lethargic. There can be all different signs of this and then, you know, signs of illness. So you have a cold that doesn't go away, recurrent cough, sneezing, you just feel like crap all the time, you're not really sure what the hell's the matter with you. There's a lot of different things that can come about from this just from a nutritional standpoint. So here's what you need to know. Okay, and again, my people who are here learning how to create margin in your day, maybe with this, what you can do is start thinking about how you're eating and fueling yourself. Okay, just dropping ideas for you. My people who are high producers, high achievers, high level performers, maybe you can delegate this to somebody, but this has to be on your radar. Like you can't get out of this. All right, so there's a couple things that you have to know as you are trying to make either more organization to your life, to your, to your professional life or the people that you lead, 
your mood follows your food. That's the first thing that you need to know. So if you are riding the crazy train of adrenaline and infusing yourself with highly caffeinated beverages and sugary and highly processed foods, typically what happens is you have this massive energy rise and then shortly thereafter you have an energy crash. Your mood follows that. And who wants to be around you when your energy crashes? ain't going to be me. That's what we call the hangries, right? You're a bear to be around. You're wondering why you're not making movement with your organization. Your teams are flawed. You're, they're not cooperative. Nobody wants to be around you because you act like an asshole because you haven't been eating right. So there's the first point. I know I said that. <laughs> the one thing about me is that I talk, I'm very clear, right? And I just lay it down there as it is. And I point out specific situations that I know apply to you. I've been around for a very, very long time and don't be misguided because I'm a registered nurse and think that I'm going to come to you with the land of sunshine and rainbows and paint out, oh, wouldn't this just be wonderful? You know, there's a time and place for that sort of a coaching, but when you are honestly here in organizational leadership, you don't have time for that. You need exactly what to do. This is why we're doing it and then go and do it. Okay, so that's the reason for that. So the next thing that you need to know is that typically when you're under high levels of stress, your schedule is overbooked, you're trying to make order to things, you also have to increase the amount of water you're drinking. Okay, water actually helps to dilute out a lot of the toxins in your body. If you're going to ask me right now how much water should you drink, just drink more than you're drinking right now. I can't answer that question for you because there's a lot of factors that factor into that. One thing that I can tell you that is a very easy gauge is the color of your urine. If when you pee, your pee should actually be barely yellow. Like barely, you know, okay, listen to this correctly. You know when you have beer, when you drink beer, how clear your urine gets? Your urine, don't drink the beer. Your urine should be close to that clear at all times, okay? Now, usually if you sleep all night and you wake up, it's darker in the morning. Or if you take vitamins, it's going to be darker after you take those vitamins. But what I usually recommend is that if you get up in the middle of the night to pee, that you actually drink the same amount of liquid in water that you pee out. No, you don't have to measure it, just kind of gauge it. But then that's going to keep you hydrated 24-7, all right, you do that and I'm telling you, you're going to start to feel a lot better. It's going to buffer a lot of stuff. It's going to help to bring your blood sugars down. It's going to give your cells exactly what you need. Okay, otherwise they start to get dry. At the end of the day, this is what you need to understand about the body, that the body is actually designed merely to keep you alive. It doesn't care about your hopes. It doesn't care about your dreams. It doesn't care about your goals. It doesn't care about anything except keeping you alive. And most of your body, you should have heard this already, is made up of water. So if that's the case, this is where the water is found. You either have water in your blood, okay, like floating around inside of there. So that's in your blood vessels. You've got water in your cells, so your skin cells, your liver cells, your heart cells, your muscle cells, brain cells, like there's, there's water in there. They're like little water balloons. Okay, and then you have what's called an interstitial space or a third space. It's the space in between like the blood vessels and the cells. 
You can go look it up on Google if you want to, or think back to when you took it in school. But those are the three places. Now, here's how it fits in. When your body is trying to keep you alive, this is why you should be drinking more water. When your body is trying to keep you alive, it has little systems inside of it that keep your blood pressure at a very specific range so that your body can deliver around the oxygen that it needs, the nutrients it needs, the water it needs, the blood sugar that it needs, the immunity that it needs, the hormone it needs, like everything needs to float around somehow. And you have to have a working, beating heart to get the blood to go. And then you have to have enough pressure pumping this stuff all around. Now, if your blood pressure falls low, a couple things are going to kick into place. Number one, your blood vessels are actually able to squeeze tighter to make more blood pressure in the blood vessels. But the other thing that your body can sense is, you know what, I'm actually kind of dehydrated inside of here. I need more water. So you get kind of thirsty. And if you do what you do best, which is ignore your body's signals to drink more water, your body's like, okay, well, this is fine. I'm just going to suck some water out of these cells because, well, it's there and my job is to keep you alive. And so what happens, and tell me if you have experienced this or not, your skin gets dry. Why? Because your body's trying to keep you alive and it's sucking the water out of any place that it can find to put in your blood vessels to keep your blood pressure stable so that you stay alive. No one said, and it doesn't even know how to do it halfsies. It goes full out. Like it's only on or it's off. So it doesn't do, let me just try, you know, a couple ounces at a time. It just like sucks what it needs. And the next thing that you know, like your mouth is dry, your lips are cracking, your hands are dry. You've got extra wrinkles on your skin. (laughs) Maybe if it's gone for a while, like your skin is starting to peel. It's like scaly and disgusting. You get all ashy looking, right? Maybe that can happen to you too. And so you've got to actually do water replacement from the inside out. You can try to put lotion and chapstick on all day, Vaseline, whatever, but if you don't hydrate from the inside out, it's not going to make any bit of a difference. Okay, so you got to drink that water. The next thing, so we've got your, your mood follows your food. We've got drink more water, all right, so things that you can actually do. Now, the other thing which is going to be specific for your adrenal glands, this is going to be key to keeping you healthy because I know at this point you're not about to turn down your levels of production. You're trying to ramp it up. You're trying to stay focused on new goals. And you're trying to remain healthy and, you know, grow your organization, lead your team in a particular way. Okay, so let's talk about how we leverage food with that. Now, the other thing is what do your adrenals need to be very, very healthy? They actually need vitamin C. You know how they always say, you know, vitamin C keeps you from getting sick or if you're starting to get a cold, you should take extra vitamin C. Well, it kind of works hand in hand with your immune system, but it actually provides a lot of adrenal support so that you don't get sick. Okay, so the best sources of vitamin C are always going to be the natural ones. I'm not going to sit here and lay down a blanket amount for supplementation. If that's something that you wanted to do, that would be a discussion that you and I would have in the seating of in the sitting of like a more of a nutritional session, a nutritional consultation, because I don't know what you eat. Okay, and I don't do blanket nutritional recommendations for anyone. This is actually the primary reason why I market myself as a muscular development coach and as a leadership coach or life coach or, you know, whatever you want to call this other thing that I do. I haven't named it yet. I don't need to. I just do. (laughs) 
okay? But they are actually, you cannot separate them. So individuals who need this higher level of strategic coaching, masterminding, whatever it is, you have got to get your health in order. And that I bring, you know, my past and my expertise from nursing, from the bodybuilding world, from muscular development into this, into this place so that you optimize your health and you keep it that way. Okay. So been around for a long time and we can definitely have the discussion if that's something that would be of value to you. Okay, so vitamin C is going to be integral to you. The next thing is going to be vitamin D. Okay, vitamin D naturally. Again, there's supplementation out there. You can get it in your foods. You can do the research on where to get it. I'm telling you right now, look at your own nutritional palate, everything that you eat every day. If your food is lacking in this stuff, you know that you have to add it. I haven't told you the foods. I haven't told you the amounts. I'm telling you what to put in in terms of nutrients. Okay, now there's a strategic way and an interesting way on why I coach how I do. I rarely tell you the food. I tell you the benefits of what we're trying to achieve. You're all smart people. Most of you know what vitamins are in certain foods and what you need to achieve it. I do my best to refrain from telling you what not to do because it just stimulates cravings and I find that it, it doesn't do any good. My recommendation is always to add before you subtract. Okay, unless this is a discussion we're having about large quantities of alcohol, we're talking about illicit drugs, smoking, obviously those things I do not recommend. But when it comes to, oh my God, I love Fritos and pizza or I love ice cream or whatever, I don't tell you not to have it. What I actually tell you to do is put in healthier stuff before you worry about taking away. And typically what will happen is once you start to change your taste buds and change you know, the internal workings of your body through the process of adding the healthy stuff, the green vegetables, the multicolored vegetables, you know, fruits that are multicolored, things that are going to be good for you, your proteins, what actually happens is you change everything from the inside out and eventually you get less and less of those food cravings and you honestly don't focus on it. You may have it every once in a while, but it doesn't become an obsession for you anymore. So add before you subtract. Okay? The last thing that your adrenals are actually going to need, and I want to speak carefully to this, is actually they need sodium. Now, most of the people who I coach have far too much sodium in their diet anyway and have taxed their adrenals to the maximum. Now you can go online and you can read about all these different things. There's something, you know, there's like vertical diets and things that you can do where they recommend like, you know, like six, six um, grams of, of salt to be in your diet every day. You have to take into consideration, you know, your physical activity levels, your, your muscle mass, you know, what you're trying to do, your other activities. There's a lot more that goes into it. Typically, the people who I work with have a lot of extra chemicals in their food, you know, artificial stuff, a lot of processed things, and have always responded better once we've cleaned up those things and have attained the sodium from natural sources. Things like egg whites, they hold more sodium in them, you know, than you know, a few pieces of, of red meat do. And so usually when I work with an individual, we will start at that point. And as they're progressing, 
let's say in the gym, you know, with their with their health and fitness and they're acquiring more muscle, sometimes we have to add a little bit of sea salt, you know, something that's a little bit not the processed table salt, but sea salt in order for them to have enough sodium in order to maintain a healthy balance. Okay, so your adrenals do need that. So anytime, you know, somebody tells you that you should go zero on your sodium intake, I would seriously recalculate and, and requantify and question <laughs> the legitimacy of the, the of the information that that person is sharing with you okay your body does need sodium how much again is going to be unique to you if you are under the care of a physician please here's the disclaimer for blood pressure or any sort of issues whether or not you even want to admit that you have them please follow the directions of your healthcare professional this is not meant to be a substitute for or advice um, I'm not of what you know to contradict what your your professional has told you and under no circumstance am I taking on those responsibilities as being your primary you know nurse or primary care provider in any way okay I'm just painting out the pictures of the things that you need when it comes to getting your shit together now those things start to work together your mood follows your food once we stabilize you know how often you eat what's actually in your meals, you tend to have better control of your blood sugars, which means you have better control of your moods. You tend to operate in the middle rather than this violent, aggressive, volatile up-down, 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 which lends itself towards clearer thought. I think a more uh, controlled blood pressure, it obviously reduces stress burden on your adrenals, which has you know, exponential effects. It allows you to move into strategic planning easier than if you're sitting there starving yourself to death. You don't have enough nutrients on board. You get that brain fog. A lot of times you'll make a lot of mistakes, especially if you're doing numbers, you're balancing checkbooks or you're establishing your budgets, things like that. You misquote somebody on a sale or an estimate that could just be lethal. So your mood follows your food, but it also gives you that mental clarity. It brings a great deal of peace to your relationships because, again, you're able to have calm, rational discussions about anything and everything at hand, and you tend not to be worked up as much. Okay, so that's like the nutritional component to it. Now, the other aspect of it is something that's going to um, dovetail in with a little bit of movement, and that's one thing that I do recommend is some sort of yoga practice. Not because I want to see you getting all like crunchy and granola over here, but here's the benefit of yoga. Now, obviously, everybody knows that it's for flexibility, all right? So that helps exponentially. If you have a desk job, you're sitting down in a chair, like your spine just, it gets, you got gravity pulling down on it. And it's easy unless you are very conscious about your posture in order to get kind of like crunched down or if you are on your feet all day, or if you're constantly, you've got a manual labor job and you're twisting, you're bending and you're picking up and maybe you're on calls all the day and you're holding a lot of tension up in your shoulders, your jaws clenching, you know, all the symptoms that you have. So obviously yoga is beneficial to release all that stuff. Yoga is awesome if you are physically active. 
Um, it's really going to be one of those great things to maintain and act as part of like your recovery strategy to accelerate your gains in you know whatever athletic goals that you actually have. But when it comes to nutrition and how this can actually help your health, is that yoga emphasizes even though you're working and you're moving, um, and this is not power yoga. I'm just talking about regular yoga. Yoga emphasizes the breath. And the simple motion of taking slow, controlled, deep breaths, what it actually does is it switches you from a heightened state of stress and it acts as like a braking mechanism, if you would. And it kind of like shuts that stuff off. It actually flips your nervous system from what we call fight or flight into what's actually called feed or breed. When you're under stress, I mentioned this earlier, is that your body actually shuttles blood to the things that are only going to keep you alive. So that's your brain, your heart, and your lungs. It does not send blood to your appendix. It does not send blood to your pretty manicured and pedicured fingers and toenails. It doesn't care about that. It just sends it to where it needs it. You don't have a lot of blood which goes to your gut, which is why you get stomach upset when you're under stress because you need blood flow in order to cause your enzymes in your gut to, to be produced and you have to have blood flow so that your guts move to push the food and drink forward. Okay. So without it, it just kind of like sits there. Okay. That, yes, that's why you feel so lousy. Ding. Okay. Got it. All right. So the other thing is that when you move or into that fight or flight, it does not send blood into your reproductive organs. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> All right, men pay attention here. Okay. When you do yoga, oh, I know where this is going. Okay. When you take your breaths with yoga, mind your manners here, feed or breed. Okay. What it does is it relaxes some of that tension in your blood vessels and it allows blood to return to places other than just your brain, your heart, and your lungs. So it goes back to your gut. And many times this can happen quite forcefully. And then all of a sudden, like you have diarrhea. Because all of a sudden now there's all this water in there, there's all this movement in there, and you got to go. When? Now. Okay? That can happen there. It goes back to your reproductive organs. It goes back to your pretty manicured, pedicured fingers and toes. Okay? Yoga and the breath switches that off. So let's try this. Okay? So sit up if you would, wherever you are. Just If you're driving, please pay attention to the road, though. Sit up nice and tall, shoulder blades down and back. Okay, kind of like lengthen your spine, keep your chest lifted, keep your head upwards. Okay, not pointed up, but you know, keep, don't allow your chin to, chin to sag down, keep it up so you're appearing straight ahead. Draw in your abdominals, keep them nice and tight, that's going to help you with some support. And we're going to take a nice breath in. So breathe in through your nose, inhale, and exhale. Inhale and exhale. Again, bigger breath in. Inhale and exhale. Good. One more time. Inhale and exhale. Okay, now that was only four breaths. Okay, you can do that for as long as you need to. 
I know it's the people. You're going to be breathing all damn day, right? <laughs> Usually four to 10 breaths is going to be sufficient if you're doing them right and you're not fighting yourself. That's going to actually allow you should actually feel a lot better right now, right? That's the switch of your nervous system. And that took what? Seven seconds, maybe? All right, so there's something quick that you can do while you're creating your margin in your day. How do I start factoring in my health? You can start with the power of your breath right there. You've got mental clarity. You've got an increased state of awareness, but you're not jacked up. All right, so it doesn't work like caffeine. It works as a mental clearing. Okay, it reduces blood pressure. It reduces heart rate. It reduces that amount of cortisol demand that you have on your body, okay? It allows blood to go back to your gut so that you can actually absorb the nutrients that you are eating. Like it's, it's, multi, it's like the multi-purpose tool, okay? It allows you to hear better. It allows you to process information more logically. And it also allows you to become a much more effective communicator. Because remember, when you're under stress, you suck at communication, the stuff that's coming in, the way you process, and the way it's coming out. You suck unless you're trained to do it. I know. I know. I put it right on the table. I just call attention to the elephant in the room. There's a time to, like, you know, pussyfoot around a conversation. There's a time to say it exactly how it is. I want to be respectful of your time, as I hope that you are of mine. We need to get down to business. Okay? So there you go. Your health is the vehicle for your life. That's one of the major things that we actually coach on in organizational coaching because sometimes that's the lead. For me, when I was transitioning out of nursing, now here's what you should, this is kind of interesting. Like I come from, my whole family is just very high producers. I've got most of my family is either an entrepreneurship somehow or sales and or sales. So in both of those, if you don't produce, you don't eat. Okay. So we like, we know how to hustle. That's what we do. And I was one of the few to actually go to college. And I brought that element of hustle with me onto the college front. So when I was even in high school, um, my stepdad was very, very sick. Uh, he had cancer. And so all of us in our household, we we came together and we made that thing work. We made our household work. Um, we actually owned and operated three different businesses. We had in-home daycare center. Uh, my mom was an Avon lady for our entire town in some of the, the extra towns. She had teams of women selling for her in their workspaces. And then because my stepdad, um, he was actually a construction foreman, he was sick. And that's a pretty expensive disease to insure Plus, he missed a lot of work and stuff, so he got laid off and then turned around and opened a, a landscaping and snow removal company with my brothers. And so we did that, you know, all the time. And so that was actually what launched me then into college, where I worked full time and I went to school full time. And then we had nursing clinicals on top of that. But looking back, I actually was supporting my boyfriend at the time. I forgot that I did this. And um, 
So I've always been, you know, producing like way beyond just for myself. And then, you know, through the years, just took on a lot of different jobs as a registered nurse and, you know, was working agency for different companies and was flip-flopping days and nights in the same day and flying all night and then going, you know, into work to teach in the daytime. And it was kind of mayhem. And then I started competing And then I started um, hanging around some entrepreneurs who started talking about the value of time. And one day I looked at my schedule as I was running, I was literally running out the door towards my car. And I said, you know what? I'm as busy as the president. And when I got home that night, I looked at the schedule again. And I looked like I was seriously like booked up to the minute with my time. And I wanted to compete more. There were so many things which were happening that I I knew that I needed to change something, that this model of my life, and this is for me, this was in nursing, this was one of the other things that helped to push me through working my job, was the fact that, number one, I didn't feel like I was... um, I didn't have integrity with my patients. I was telling them to live healthy. I was not healthy myself. I was just like running like crazy. But I wasn't getting sick because I came from a history of being a very, very high level producer. And I learned very quickly also how to support my body with little power naps and how to do this nutritiously so that I wouldn't get sick. So by no means do I ever expect anybody to, this is going to sound weird, you know, be able to do the stuff that I do. This has been something that I've been doing literally for my whole entire life. Um, So for me, it's not new, but when you're just stepping into this space, you have to learn how to establish these habits of nutrition. You know, nutrition is not just what you eat, it's how you eat. It's how often you eat. It's, you know, the balance of, you know, how much protein, how much carbohydrate. It's your micronutrients, your vitamins, your minerals. You know, it's, it's giving your body the support that it needs. And as I started competing, you put yourself into a very, very high stress state for your body because you are going through a weight loss process. You're training at very high levels in the gym. You're doing cardio. You're on calorie restriction. And I had some of the best coaches in the world, and they taught me how to actually do this and stay healthy. In my first couple coaches, I got just like incredibly sick following competition. I had fun prepping with them, but they didn't have as much information um, and I didn't feel comfortable with some of the supplementation uh, recommendations that they had had. When I went to the next level and was working with um, some broader scale coaches, um, I felt comfortable with what they were bringing to the table. And now those are the same strategies that I bring when working with you when it comes to your health and nutrition. So this is, this is kind of like a big animal to tackle, but it's an important one. Okay, so it's not just what you eat, it's how you eat and being mindful about how do we actually use our food to fuel our body and take us, you know, from maybe visionary stage or creative stage into execution. How do we set the example for the people in our organization if we're trying to be good representatives of what health and fitness actually is, you know, your family or whomever. So this has multiple effects. And at the end of the day, your health is the vehicle for your life. 
And if you don't have your health, man, it's really hard to do anything. And I get it. I've been there before. So this has to do with, you know, your culture, your personal culture, your professional culture, that I know a lot of times this is not placed on the forefront. This is put on the way back burner. So with this one, this one, you know, it tends to take a little bit longer if it's newer for you, but we can definitely, you know, dig through and hash through, you know, some of those, some of those situations. But I guarantee you, once you start to master the organizational skills of something as simple as food prep, you know, and how you're eating throughout the day, you would be surprised how fast the rest of your life actually snaps into place. And that's really for people who come to me just straight off the bat, like what's your number one strategy? It's number one, drink more water. Number two, eat breakfast. Like that's the entry point. And that's going to help you to organize your thoughts, organize your day because it requires intentionality. It requires discipline. And that's what, and that's what it's all about. How's that for a finish? We do the hokey pokey. All right, y'all. So let's get on your grind. You know, send me any questions that you have. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're here, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the support. Um, 